Welcome to the Rankin Baptist Church Podcast. Please note that all or some of this podcast may have been recorded during our live physical services at Rankin Baptist Church. Therefore, sound quality may be affected in some areas. We hope you enjoy the podcast. Good morning, church. Can you guys hear me nice and clear? Okay, so this Sunday we are going to be shifting gears. Pastor Brett just finished the series on worship, biblical expressions of worship, and we're going to be shifting our gears a little bit today. Pastor and Auntie Marissa are on away on leave for a well-deserved break, but he will be back, so don't worry about that. Um, we got together as a, a preaching team, and we had a look at what is happening in society today. There's a lot of issues that are coming up amongst the kids, amongst the youth, amongst the, old, the adults, and even amongst the older people. And these are issues that if nobody talks about it, then they just go on as normal. I mean, if the church doesn't talk about these issues, then who's going to preach about them? Who's going to talk about them? So the question that we want to ask is, the question is, what are we going to do about all the baby mamas and baby papas that are out there in the world? What are we going to do and how should we respond to a call from a dead ancestor to worship and to become a Sangoma? What is the agenda of the LGBTQI+, they've added an I, what is the agenda of the alphabet community? They have an agenda that they are pushing in society. So we want to have a look at the perspective that God has on the issues facing society today. One huge issue that we want God's perspective on today is teen pregnancies and pregnancies out of marriage. If you have your Bibles with you, you can turn to 1 Corinthians 6 verse 18 to 19. You can say amen when you get there. Amen. Amen. Okay. So, it says there, Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body. But whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Do you know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God, you are not your own. We belong to God. So the issue that we are addressing today is teenage pregnancy and pregnancies out of marriage. I don't know if you guys have been watching the news lately. I don't know. When I switch on the news, it's just all the statistics that keep coming up over and over and over again it just makes my heart heavy. It puts a huge burden on my shoulders. And there's just so much work that we need God to do in our society. And if you have been watching the news and what's going on, you'll see that in 2020 and 2021, COVID was not the only pandemic that South Africans went through. In fact, there was a double pandemic that we went through. Some of us lost loved ones to COVID, but majority of us recovered. But the consequences of the second pandemic are consequences that are never going to go away. They are going to be with us for years to come. Do you know that in the first quarter of 2021, 
There were 36,000 births, teenage births, just in the first quarter. So that's January, February, and March. Do you know that that translates to 12,000 teens becoming moms a month, which translates to 400 teen moms a day giving birth to children. This is a huge pandemic. These are girls from as young as 10 years old, from as young as 10 years old to the age of 19. In 2020, there were 132,612 deliveries, of which 376 were girls aged between 10 and 14 years old. And it just seems over history that the ages are just becoming younger and younger. In 2019, there were 124,446 abortions. Our biblical perspective is that abortion is murder, that is a life that God has conceived, and yet so many people are now using it as a contraceptive to do away with the consequences and mistakes that they have made. There are a few factors that have contributed to this happening. Teenage pregnancy and pregnancies out of marriage is just symptomatic of a deeper issue in society. We are living in the last day, guys. We are living in the last days. And we're going to see these things coming up more and more, and we need to address them. The first thing we see is that there has been a significant breakdown in the family unit, not just in South Africa, but across the world. There is a significant breakdown in the family unit. There once was a mother, a father, and a children, but we no longer have that. We mainly have single, parent, single parents bringing up their children, or grannies and grandpas, or aunts and uncles bringing up these kids. When I thought about it, I thought about our own youth group, our own kids that come to Sunday school. If I had to do a survey, I would say about 70% of our kids that come to youth on a Friday are growing up with either just their granny, with their aunts and uncles, or just a single mom or a single dad that is bringing them up. And that statistic should scare us because the way God intended family to be, people are not following through with that anymore. We don't want our kids to make the same mistakes that we did and it's almost like we're breeding a culture of do what I say but don't do what I do because this is a cycle that we keep repeating over and over and over again and the kids are following in our example parents are cohabiting which means they're living together and they're not married experiencing all the benefits of marriage but no commitment the dad can just decide to get up and walk away and usually they do that is why God created marriage because there is safety in marriage it protects us God created it for a reason issues that young people face you know when young people come from a broken home and I've counseled quite a few of the kids and their lives are unbalanced because God said we need a mom and we need a dad. When we have a mom and a dad who brings us up in the ways of the Lord, things are balanced. But a lot of things are out of balance now. 
And because they don't have a dad or a mom, it's left a void in their hearts, in their souls, in themselves. It has left a hole. And where there is a hole, they go out to find something to fill the void, something to fill the rejection, something to fill the pain. And usually they look for all of these things in the wrong places. This is a hole that I call a God-sized hole. Because only God can fill the void that somebody else, that somebody else has left, a mother or a father. What is so interesting about the statistics, so in this week I did a lot of research and I read a lot of articles, why is this happening to our kids, to our young adults, why is this happening to us? And the biggest statistic I found is that most of these young girls are with older men. Men that are close to the age of 30. And the term that they use, which is like a millennial or a Gen Z term, is they call them blessers. They refer to blessers. Have you ever heard the word blessers? Yes. yes, okay, they're out there. Now these guys are predators, preying on young girls, giving them what they want, buying them nice clothes, buying them shoes, buying them food, looking after them so that they can get what they want out of the girls. And this is the society that we live in. We can't turn a blind eye to these things anymore. What about lockdown? What brought this all about? Do you know that from 2019, there has been a 60% increase in teen pregnancy? 60%. So what is so significant about lockdown that caused all of these pregnancies to happen? Well, first of all, parents were no longer at home. And the kids were left up to their own devices. They could do whatever they wanted with whoever they wanted. And we just saw that there was a huge spike during lockdowns. The government also reported that there was a significant spike in gender-based violence. And that breaks my heart. Because not all of these kids asked for what happened to them. Not all of these women asked for what happened to them. But because they weren't protected by going to school, by parents being at home, there were people that took advantage of them and it's gender-based violence. And then, of course, we live in a society with Gen Z's and millennials whose worldview on sexuality is very far removed from what the Bible teaches us um, is sexuality. They believe that their bodies belong to them and they can do with it what they want. It's almost like they've made sexuality a human rights issue. That it's my right to do with my body as I please. But of course, there are consequences that have an effect not only on the mother and the child, but it affects the whole family, the community, and the whole of society. Let's think about the mom for a moment. Do you know that only 51% of these teen moms go through to finish school? So it continues the cycle of poverty because they don't get them a trick, they don't go on to study further and we just see in our country how poverty is crippling but we're repeating the cycle over and over again. Usually the father does not stick around or the young mom is forced to marry the dad, the father of the child, which actually is not always the best option just because we're trying to do the right thing. 
This is a very hard topic for Christians to address. And it is often awkward because we know people make mistakes and things happen. And we know what the word of God says, but at the same time, we want to show love and compassion and empathy for what they are going through. If we think about the child, we don't always think of the long-term effects on them. Because the child is cute, the people love the child, but they don't realize that their child is going to grow up in the same cycle that most of the parents grew up in, and they're going to have an unbalanced life. And the sad reality that unless we stop, the cycle is just going to repeat over and over and over again. Like I said, if I had to look at our, our youth ministry, a lot of them are growing up in broken homes. And as a result of the broken homes that they are going through, a lot of them feel rejection. A lot of them come to me and they say, I don't know who I am. They go through an identity crisis because they didn't get the love that they needed while they were growing up. When they try to navigate their relationships and I have to counsel them about dating or about marriage, they come to me with mixed up views and ideas because they're trying to follow the example of their parents. And oftentimes the parents don't make a commitment to get married, so the child hasn't grown up knowing that marriage is the way to go. And we often have mothers that have multiple children with different fathers. And it is so confusing for them to navigate relationships. And that's why we end up with kids that are 10 years old falling pregnant, falling victim to what society has brought them up to be. And when will it end? I have seen siblings, young kids, taking care of even younger kids. Children are raising children because moms have to work. The dads are often not sticking around and the moms have to make a plan. If we think about the economy, this has a huge effect on the economy. It doesn't just affect mom and child, but it affects the community. It affects each and every single one of us that is seated here today. Many of these moms can't afford to look after their children and so they apply for social grants, which is almost nothing. 450 Rand a month. It helps a little bit, but it can't take you further than you need to go to look after a child. Just for the 36,000 children who are born in the first quarter of this year, it will cost the government 194 million rand this year just to look after those 36,000 children. And we haven't finished 2021 yet. So those figures are going to go much higher. We know what our government ought to be doing, paying public wages, building infrastructure, fixing our streets, doing all of that stuff, but they can't because a third of the government's budget is spent on social grants, a whole third. And of that third, 54% goes to child support for parents who can't afford to look after their kids. Today we want to look at God's perspective on teenage pregnancy and pregnancies outside of marriage. So let's get it clear now. God created sex for marriage. God wasn't trying to spoil our fun and say we can't have sex because sex is so enjoyable, it's great, we love it. He just said we must do it in a safe environment and that is marriage. 
In Hebrews 13 verse 4 it says, Marriage should be honoured by all, and the marriage bed kept pure. For God will judge the adulterer and the sexually immoral. The marriage bed should be kept pure. It reminds me of if you've ever owned a dog, right? And the dog throws up. I hope you all had your breakfast this morning. <laughs> and the dog vomits, right? And then the dog goes back to the vomit to eat that vomit. What do you as the owner do? You pull the dog away. Like, don't eat the vomit because you want to protect the dog. And you know the dog is just going to eat whatever it threw up again and then throw up again and just keep repeating the cycle over and over and over and over again. So in this context, you can think of us and how God says and tries to pull us away from the sins so that we don't repeat the cycle over and over again and do what makes us sick. God considers it to be sin. And he says he wants us to repent from the sin and to not repeat the mistakes over and over again. It reminded me of the story of Esau, who was so hungry that he gave up his birthright for a moment of satisfaction without looking at the whole picture. So in Hebrews 12 verse 16 it says, See that no one is sexually immoral or is godless like Esau, who for a single meal sold his inheritance rights as the older sons. Afterwards, as you know, when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected. Even though he sought the blessing with tears, he could not change what he had done. Esau was set up to inherit the whole land from his father Abraham. One day he came back from the field and he was so, so hungry and Jacob was busy cooking a nice stew. He probably smelt it from outside and Jacob said, give me your inheritance and I'll give you some stew. And what did Esau say? He said yes. Esau didn't see the bigger picture. He couldn't see his hunger, past his hunger in that moment. In 1 Corinthians 6, 13, it says, You say food for the stomach and stomach for the food. God will destroy them both. The body, however, is not meant for sexual immorality, but, the Lord, uh, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. Like I said, the sexual worldview that millennials and Gen Z, and even older than that, is that sex is just an appetite that can be physically satisfied. Not realizing and recognizing that there is an alternative. Are we bringing up our kids to believe in the alternative? The standards that is set in God's word. You can wait until marriage. You can be pure all your life. I know countless people who have waited for marriage. There is an alternative. But it's like we want to be friends with our kids rather than save them from what society can do to them. And when God sees this, his heart breaks. God created us with a sex drive, and a sex drive is good, but don't let the sex drive you. You need to take control of that. And when God sees what is happening to his creation, to his people, he has empathy. He feels heartbroken. This is not what he wanted for his creation. And that is why he gave us his word. There is a lot more that we could say about society today. 
But I think we need to get real about this now. And parents, as a youth pastor counseling the kids, what I want to say to you guys is don't be naive about your kids and what your kids are getting up to. Put in those boundaries. They may hate you for it now, but it's fine. They will thank you for it later. Keep those boundaries firm. Doesn't mean they're going to be perfect because not one of us is perfect. We have all made mistakes. But put in those boundaries because you are protecting them. Protect them rather than just being their friends. Sometimes it's a choice that we have to make and it can be challenging. And don't ever think it will never happen to me. Have you heard of Pastor T.D. Jakes? Do you know his story and what happened to his daughter? T.D. Jakes' daughter, Sarah Jakes, at the age of 14, fell pregnant. And he's a pastor, so it can happen to any one of us. None of us are perfect. But her story is amazing. And her pain was a launching pad for her ministry and how she is helping young girls today. Do you guys have the video for me? I just have a small clip of what she went through and how she shared with Dr. Phil when she was older. I didn't actually tell them. My sister wrote them a letter, an anonymous letter, and placed it in our mailbox. But because we don't actually receive mail to our home, my parents knew that it was from one of us. And so she was the only one wise enough at the time to include a dog. Yeah, I know that Cora actually wrote the letter. Cora, hi, Cora. Hello. Good to see you again. Good to see you. But you knew she was writing the letter? No. So you were just writing that? Yeah. I'm so glad you wrote that letter. Yes, I felt like the benefits of her getting prenatal care outweighed the risk of us possibly losing our friendship at the time. Yeah. So you come home and they've read the letter. Yeah. A warning would have been nice. <laughs> so take me through that conversation. You, you walk in the door, they've gotten the letter, they've read it. Who was there? Uh, my siblings, I have uh, my sister, and I also have three brothers. Right. And so my mother told me we have this letter that says that you're pregnant. And the moment that they said it, I started crying. I told them that it was true. And it's like I said, I remember them being completely silent for a very long time, which I know may not be a big deal in most homes, but when your father speaks for a living, to render him speechless is quite the task. I've never been around the bishop. <laughs> it doesn't happen often. Um, Because I've actually uh, 
share the, the pulpit with your, your dad and Serena at, at your church. And I know that this is a very hands-on, real-world ministry meeting people where they are. And I know that they talk about premarital sex. I know they talk about teen sex. I know they talk about all that. You have been exposed to all of this growing up, but yet you still put yourself in harm's way. How do you see that looking back? Well, I think that we all have our own journeys. You know, I don't know that it is something that was spoken about a lot in our ministry, but just because my parents are preaching about it doesn't mean that I will live by it. That's the reality of it, that we all find out on our own. And so I knew that it was against what our ministry stood for, but still made the conscious decision to have sex anyway. Okay. So you can see it can happen to anyone. That was a huge ordeal that them as a family and a church had to go through. She dealt with the sin, she repented, but she didn't just leave it there. She used that as a launching pad for the ministry that God had in store with her. She now has a YouTube channel and I watched a few of her messages and she preaches to women to empower them that have made the mistake and to not make the same mistake that she made. And she teaches them to think before they act. So she wrote a book called Lost and Found. And these are two of my favorite quotes. She says there, until we forgive ourselves, we will always see ourselves through the shattered pieces of the dreams we can no longer have. Nothing can be seen clearly through the broken pieces. No future, no hope, no faith, no love is capable of being seen through prop seen properly until we admit that we are driving on a flat tire. We have to stop believing that just because we are damaged, that we are irreparably broken. It's about what you believe. She also said, we are all imperfect and no one is without flaws. And fortunately, ministry is not about leading people to ourselves. It is about leading them back to the one who saved us. How tragic that we often allow the image of perfection to cloud the need to show where his strength is made perfect in us. God is abounding in grace and he loves us unconditionally, no matter what we have done. And God only wants the best for you and I. We are living in the last days and we as Christians must make a stand for what the Bible teaches. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Let's all stand together. I'm going to invite the worship team up. Yeah. We can make a decision. We can make a choice. Young people... Put in the boundaries for yourself, even if the parents don't put the boundaries in. Parents, keep fighting the good fight. They may not be your best friend right now, but I promise you they will thank you for it later. And let us hold high the standards of God's word. Let's pray. Father, we just want to thank you, Lord, for your word that teaches us, Father, everything that we need to know about the life, Father. How to conduct ourselves, Lord, in our relationships, and what we ought to do. I want to pray right now, Father, that we will make a stand, that we will make the decision, Father, to be involved in our kids' lives, to see what they're getting up to, to not be naive, Father God, but to take your word seriously yeah. where you said, train up a child in the way that they should go, yeah. and they will never depart from it. 
We thank you for that promise, Lord God, that you look after our children and you protect us. For the young people here, Father, help us to make a stand for ourselves, to put in that boundary and to say that I am going to be a child of God. I will live according to your word and I will put in those boundaries. We thank you, Father, that we don't do it alone. And Father, we know that there's a whole lot of grace. That, Father, even if we've made mistakes in the past, Lord, we know that that is going to be a launching pad for something that we can minister into somebody else's lives. Father, use our past to fix the present and to avoid mistakes in the future. And we thank you for this in your almighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoyed today's podcast, Remember to share it with people you feel may be encouraged by it as well. Also remember, for more resources, to watch our video sermons, or to find out more about Ramsey Baptist Church, visit us online at www.rbaptchurch.org.